I want you to turn your Bibles tonight to Ezra chapter number 4. Ezra and chapter number 4. And um, it's my desire tonight, and I, I've been praying and just seeking the Lord's face and what He would have me to preach. And it's my desire to help God's people tonight. I want to preach a message of help. And for the most of us tonight that are on the sound of my voice, especially teenagers and up, every single one of us deal uh, with the subject that I will be speaking about tonight in one way or another. So Ezra chapter number 4, and let's all stand as we take reverence to the reading of the Word of God. Ezra in chapter number 4, and I'll begin reading in verse number 1, and I'm going to read verse number 1 through verse number 5. And Brother Stephen Sr., after I get through reading verse number 5, would you open us up tonight in prayer, please, sir? Yes, sir. Ezra chapter 4, verse number 1. The Bible says, Now when the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin heard that the children of the captivity builded the temple unto the Lord God of Israel, then they came to Zerubbabel and to the chief of the fathers and said unto them, Let us build with you, for we seek your God as ye do. And we do sacrifice unto him since the days of Ezar Hadon, king of Asher, which brought us up hither. But Zerubbabel and Jeshua and the rest of the chief of the fathers of Israel said unto them, Ye have nothing to do with us to build a house on our God, but we ourselves together will build unto the Lord God of Israel, as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, hath commanded us. Then the people of the land weakened the hands of the people of Judah and troubled them in building and hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose. All the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, even until the reign of Darius, king of Persia. And Brother Stevens. Amen. And you may be seated tonight. <clears throat> you'll find that the enemies of Judah and Benjamin were people who had been relocated in the northern kingdom when Assyria conquered Israel in an attempt to infiltrate and disrupt the project of rebuilding the temple. These people offered to help the Jews rebuild the temple, but what they really wanted to do is they wanted to keep a close eye on what the Jews were doing. And they were hoping to keep Jerusalem from becoming a strong nation once again. The Jews, however, they saw through their evil ploy. In church, can we be reminded tonight that you and any time that you and I, as God's children, would partner with unbelievers, it always leads God's people to compromise their faith. Uh, believers uh, can always expect opposition when we do God's work. And unbelievers and evil spiritual forces are always working against God and God's people. 
And you and I as God's children just need to move ahead with the work that God has planned for us and trust God to show us how to overcome the obstacles that come along this journey called life. You'll find here that the Jews' purpose was to go back and rebuild the temple there in Judah. The enemy, the Bible says in verse number 5, the Bible says, and hired castles against them to frustrate their purpose. Their purpose was to rebuild the temple. The enemy came in to frustrate them from accomplishing God's purpose. God's purpose for them was to rebuild the temple. God's purpose for you and I is to build the house of God. And I understand that God builds His house, but He uses you and I as human instruments in order to accomplish His purpose. And can I say tonight, the same result is the same. The enemy comes in to frustrate God's people from accomplishing their purpose. I believe this with all my heart tonight. I don't say it because of filler in the message. I don't say it because it sounds cute. But I believe this with all my heart tonight. Uh, We are living in the last of the last days. And I believe that the Lord Jesus Christ could come back before this service is even over. And there are many things that are going on in today's society that frustrate me. And child of God, if you want to live right and clean and holy, there are things that frustrate you as well. For instance, uh, politics frustrate me, amen. Uh, can I tell you, I believe with all my heart tonight that our forefathers of our country are rolling around their graves tonight because of the politics in our nation. Politics uh, frustrate me. Can I say religion frustrates me. Thank God that uh, over 22 years ago uh, when I walked in a Baptist church like this, uh, they didn't shove a religion down my throat, but they told me about a Savior. You understand? Religion is man reaching up to God, but thank God salvation is God reaching down to man. Religion frustrates me. Those that fall out on God frustrate me. Those that abandon the King James Bible, it frustrates me. Those that compromise their Baptist heritage and throw away standards, all those things absolutely frustrate me in these days. I want you to turn your Bibles very quickly to Ezra chapter 1, Ezra chapter 1, look at verse number 3 with me. We see the Jews' marching orders in Ezra chapter 1, verse number 3. We see what their purpose is, God's purpose is for them in Ezra chapter 1, verse number 3. The Bible says, who is there among you of all his people? His God be with him and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is the God which is in Jerusalem. Now again, the Jews' purpose was to rebuild the temple. God's purpose for you and I is to help build the house of God. 
Ezra chapter 4, you'll find the enemy came in to frustrate God's people from accomplishing God's purpose. The same is true in the year 2020. The enemy comes in to frustrate you and I as God's people in accomplishing his purpose. And that is to move forward with the house of God. And as I was reading these verses, it came to me that the devil does not have to kill us to keep us from accomplishing God's purpose. You know what he has to do? All he has to do is frustrate us. You know what frustration is in a nutshell? When expectation is up here and reality sets in down here, and when expectation and reality do not meet up, Every single one of us get frustrated. Can I say these last three or four months have been frustrating days to those of us that live in America. I guarantee you tonight no one would be honest if they said we were expecting what is going on today in our society. Uh, Can I say the 1828 Webster's Dictionary describes frustrate as to break or to interrupt to disappoint, to make it ineffective. And I believe to disappoint is the best description for this particular application. When expectation and reality don't meet up, we all get frustrated. Let me put it another way. Frustration is the difference between expectation and experience. It's a different way we expect to live and the way life actually turns out. It's a different way we expect life to be and the way life actually is. It's the way we expect to serve the Lord and our actual service to the Lord. It's the difference in the way we expect our church to grow or our youth department to grow and the way the church actually does grow and the youth department does grow. It's the difference in the number of converts we expect to see saved and those that actually are saved. Can I say it's the difference in what the missionary expects to see on the mission field and what the missionary actually sees on the mission field. Can I put it on all of our levels tonight? It's the difference and what you expect the doctor to say, and what the doctor actually does say. It's the difference the way you expect the finances to turn out, and the way the finances actually do turn out. Can I say to some heartbroken mama or daddy tonight, it's the difference of the way you expect your child to turn out, and the way that child does turn out. And when expectation and reality do not meet up, we all get frustrated. And I believe with all my heart tonight that frustration is the great tool of the devil and his great weapon against the church. And he wants to stop the building of the house of God. And he fills our pews from time to time with frustrated people. That's why sometimes Sunday school teachers quit. That's why sometimes bus workers quit. That's why sometimes workers in the church quit. I'm not making an excuse for them, but sometimes they get frustrated. And can I say tonight, church member of Riverside Baptist Church, everybody that's ever been a member of this church and they're no longer a member of this church, they're not all wicked. Maybe some of them have just become frustrated in life. As I've traveled this country now these last 13 years, I definitely don't have all the answers. Matter of fact, I don't even know most of the questions, amen, but I do know this. 
I've noticed that there's three types of frustrated people in our churches. First of all, there's those that are frustrated with themselves. They expected that when they got saved, they would serve the Lord and and God would use them in a greater way than what they'd been used. And expectation was way up here and reality setting down here and they were not used of God the way they thought they should be used of God and they got frustrated. Some expected that they would never fail the Lord, turn their back on their promises, or disappoint God. But they found themselves in the depths of frustration because they did exactly what they set out not to do. Not only are there those that are frustrated with themselves, but number two, there's those that are frustrated in their relationships. They expected the person they married to be the perfect mate. But they found out that there were some flaws. Bliss turned into hard work. Delight turned into demands. Perfection turned into problems. They expected there would never be a cross word in their marriage. And those words came so quickly and so unexpected. They expected there would never be any disagreements. But now they're in the depths of frustration and they feel like some things can never be resolved. There are those that are frustrated themselves. There are those that are frustrated in their relationships. And there's also those, sadly to say, that are frustrated with their church. They expected their church to be perfect, the members to be perfect, and the preacher to be perfect. Can I maybe let somebody in on a secret tonight? A perfect church does not exist. You know why Riverside Baptist Church is not a perfect church? Because you're not a perfect person. He's not a perfect pastor. But can I tell you, even though Riverside Baptist Church is not a perfect church, thank God it's far better than a church down the road that has compromised this old King James Bible and they brought in the rock and roll bands. My friend, it may not be perfect, but thank God it still brings honor and glory to the God of heaven. Amen. I want you to look at Ezra chapter 4, still laying a foundation tonight. Still laying a foundation. Look at Ezra chapter 4. Now, I just want to make sure I'm not on Lonely Island by myself. I'm not the only Christian in the room that's ever been frustrated. I mean, anybody else ever been frustrated? We all get frustrated, don't we? Look at Ezra chapter 4. Look at verse number 24. Look what happens when we allow frustration to take over our lives. Look at verse number 24. The Bible says, Then cease the work of the house of God, which is at Jerusalem. So it ceased until the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. The work of the building of the temple had stopped. You understand? They got frustrated and the enemy accomplished their purpose in stopping the building of the temple for a little while. Can I tell you, my friend, there's no greater joy in Satan's, in Satan's uh, uh, arsenal that he would like to do than to board up the windows of Riverside Baptist Church and child of God, we understand, we need to understand there's always opposition. There's always going to be a fight. And my friend, you and I cannot quit. We must put our pegs down and say, I'm still going to serve God. I'm still going to live for God. I'm still going on for God, even though the enemy is attacking. And tonight, I want to help us from the Word of God. I believe God's got the answers right here in the book of Ezra. 
on how you and I can overcome frustration. You say, Brother Dallas, you mean to tell me you're going to show me from the Word of God how I'll never experience frustration ever again? No, we're all going to experience frustration. But I'm going to show us from the Word of God how you and I can overcome that frustration when expectations up here and realities down here, how you and I can get through that frustration every time. Look at Ezra chapter 5. Look at Ezra chapter 5. You remember in verse number 24, the Bible says, Then cease the work of the house of God. Look what, look what happens in Ezra chapter 5, verse number 1. The Bible says, Then the prophets, Haggai the prophet, Zechariah the son of Edu, prophesied unto the Jews that were in Judah and Jerusalem, in the name of the God of Israel, even unto them. The Bible says Haggai and Zechariah prophesied unto the people. Can I say first of all tonight, when expectations up here and reality sets in down here and we get frustrated in the Christian life, can I tell you number one, frustration can be eliminated by the preaching of the Word of God. Amen. And child of God, you understand, anytime that you and I feel frustration in life, we need to realize that we need as much preaching as we possibly can get. That's why we ought to read sermons. That's why we ought to listen to sermons. That's why we ought to be in church every time we should be in church the Bible says that God has chosen preaching to fulfill our needs and the preaching of the word of God will help eliminate the frustration in our lives and my friend the same powerful preaching that brought conviction upon our soul to save us by the grace of God is the same Bible preaching that will help get us through the frustration in life I'm talking about real Bible preaching I'm talking about the type of Bible preaching that you get behind this pulpit every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night. Young people, I'm talking about the Bible preaching that you get from Brother Andrew in the youth department. It's not time to sit out of church. It's time to be at the house of God and listen to the preaching of the Word of God. Amen. But it's the, it's the frustrated that need preaching the most but it's usually the frustrated that will stop coming to church and resist the Lord, anything the Lord tries to do in their life. It's the frustrated that get critical, that get judgmental, that get resentful. And they're trying to justify the difference in what they expected and what they experienced. That difference will always be there. Child of God, the teaching and preaching of the Bible will help us. It'll help us draw close to God. It'll thrill our heart. It'll help us overcome frustration. That's why we need revivals. That's why we need special meetings. That's why we need to go to other local churches to hear men of God preach. That's why you need the men's retards. Ladies, that's why you need the ladies meeting. Why? Because we all get frustrated and the Bible will help get us through that frustration. But some think nothing of missing a church service. And then they wonder why they experience frustration. That frustration affects their life, their home, their peace, and their relationship with God. The seven weeks that I was at home without traveling, 
There was a mandate where only 10 could be inside the church building. I'm glad that my pastor allowed me to be a part of that 10. And after a week or so, he, he, he said I was part of the security team. And after two weeks, he said, I now deputize you, Otis. Amen. My name was Otis for seven weeks while I was there in the church services. And I say, I just, there's just something about being in church. Everything that's ever, anything good, anything good that's ever happened in my life happened at the house of God. And I didn't care if the requirements were that I had to wear rubber gloves and a, and a, and a, a hospital gown and, and slippers on my feet to be at the house of God. I just want to be at the house of God because I needed the preaching of the Word of God to get me through the frustration in life that I was going through. Child of God, you're always, always, always making a mistake when you miss or refuse to receive the preaching of the Word of God. How many of us are saved tonight? Raise your, raise your hand tonight. Saved by the grace of God. You understand the night that we got saved, the day that we got saved, the Holy Spirit of God come to dwell within us. And saved, born again, child of God that has the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you. You may never tell anyone else the frustration that you're going through. You may not tell anybody else the difficulties and the troubles and the trials that you're going through. But the same Holy Spirit of God that lives inside of you is the same Holy Spirit of God that lives in that man right there. And as that man is in his study and he's praying and he's preparing and he's begging God uh, to give him the message uh, to preach to his people that can uh, get them through the valleys and the troubles of life. You understand the same Holy Spirit of God that knows the troubles you're going through is the same Holy Spirit of God that will lay the exact message to preach Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night to help you get through that frustration. But child of God, it cannot help you if you're not here to receive the preaching of the Word of God. First of all tonight, preaching will help eliminate frustration. Number two, look at Ezra chapter 5. Look at verse number 2. The Bible says, Then rose up Zerubbabel, the son of Shiltiel, and Jeshua, the son of Josedach, began to build the house of God, which is at Jerusalem. And with them were the prophets of God helping them. Not only can frustration be eliminated by the preaching of the Word of God, but number two, frustration can be eliminated by participating in the work of God. You understand God's purpose for our lives. And I understand we're in different days here. But my friend, there's some, still some areas that you can serve, but when things start opening back up, we ought to be in a log, stock, and barrel. That is God's purpose for our life, to help build the house of God. Can I say a bus route helps build the house of God? Can I tell you that choir right there is built by spirit this week, congregational singing, of vacuum the floors, mowing the grass, cleaning the windows. All of it is to build the house of God. That is God's purpose for our life. Child of God, dropping out of any service to God is never the answer. We never need a break from participating in the building of the house of God. That's God's purpose for our life. Sure, the devil will fight. 
Sure, we're going to become weary, but we must not stop participating. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 1, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 16, For which uh, cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Galatians chapter 6, verse number 9, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I can't tell you how to prevent frustration. I'm just telling you how to uh, stay faithful. Once Once it comes, don't quit. Put your pegs down and say, I'm just going to serve God even though I'm frustrated. But I've seen so many bow out of their participation when they get frustrated and they end up falling out of church altogether. They may have had good sounding reasons. They may have convinced me because of their reasons. But they did not get rid of their frustrations. Their frustrations just got worse. Look at Psalm 138 with me tonight. Psalm 138. I won't read the entire chapter, but I want you to look, or the entire psalm, but I want you to look at verse number 7. David said in verse number 7, he said, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Now understand the enemies encamped around David. And David didn't just say, I've got trouble in front of me. He didn't say, I've got trouble behind me, to the right, to the left, above, below. But David said, I'm in the midst of trouble. I've got trouble all the way around me. Church, let me ask you something tonight. If I'm standing right here in the auditorium tonight, where am I standing at in the auditorium? In the midst. In Mississippi terminology where I'm from, I'm right smack dab in the middle of the auditorium. There's some here tonight, you've got trouble all around you. There's some in the center of my voice, you've got financial trouble. There's some that got health trouble. There's some that got a wayward son or a wayward daughter. That's trouble in your life. There's some that uh, you just uh, you, you just can't uh, seem to fathom what all that's going on in America. Those are troubles in your life. And you're in the midst of trouble. You've got trouble all the way around you. But look what David said. David said, though I walk, in the midst of trouble. David didn't say, though I sit down in the midst of trouble. David didn't say, though I lie down in the midst of trouble. David didn't say, I'm in trouble, so I'm just going to throw in the towel. No, David said, I'm in the midst of trouble. I got trouble in front, behind, to the right, to the left, above, below. I'm in the midst of trouble. But I tell you what I'm going to keep on doing. I'm just going to keep on putting one foot in front of the other and just keep on walking and just keep on going forward. Can we be reminded, we serve a God that's moving forward, amen. We need to be like the songwriter and say, the world is behind me, the cross is before me, and I've just decided to follow Jesus. And child of God, it's not time to sit. It's not time to lay down. It's time 
up to just keep on going forward. Just keep on going forward to that choir loft. Keep on going forward this next week when Sunday school starts back. Just keep going forward for God. Amen. And then look what David said. Look at it. Psalm 138, verse number 7. David said, though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. I'm in trouble, but it's not time to sit down. It's not time to lie down. It's time to just keep on going forward. And if I'll just keep going forward for God, in return, thou wilt revive me. God's purpose is for us to help build the house of God. Do you know tonight, there are some in this room right here that all you may do around the church house is be in your place Sunday morning, Sunday night, and you may just give a friendly handshake to somebody and put a smile on their face by shaking their hand. Can I tell you, that's helping build the house of God. Can I tell you, those that work at that welcome center, you've been a help and a blessing to us this week. Those that have prepared the meals, you've definitely been a blessing and a help to us this week. Can I tell you, I like the, I, I like the cleanness of the church. It took somebody to back in the floors. It takes somebody to work in the nursery. It takes somebody to clean the bathrooms. It takes somebody to mow the grass. It takes somebody to hand out a gospel tract at Walmart. Child of God, every single one of you are important. If you're a member of Riverside Baptist Church, God's purpose is to help build the house of God. Amen. Just keep on going forward for God, participating around the house of God. Number three, look at Ezra. Look at Ezra chapter number three. Look at Ezra chapter number three. Before the enemy came in, they just went forward for God to rebuild the temple. The Bible says in verse number 10, And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priests in their apparel with trumpets, and the Levites, the son of Asap, with cymbals, to praise the Lord after the ordinance of David, king of Israel. They sang together by course and praising and giving thanks unto the Lord because he is good for his mercy endured forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Can I say, first of all, the preaching of the Word of God will help eliminate frustration. Participating in the house of God will help eliminate frustration. And third of all, just old-fashioned praising the Lord will help eliminate frustration. You understand, they did not just sing in the choir or sing a special in church every other month. They praised the Lord. They shouted with a great shout. 
They looked at the building of the house of God and they were filled with joy. Why? Because their purpose was being accomplished. And understand tonight, child of God, you may be going through a valley and I'm not belittling that. I understand it's a real valley. It's a real trial. It's a real trouble. But it's not time for us to walk around uh, with the money grubs. It's time for us to show the world that you and I, as God's child, can still praise the God of heaven even though we go through the troubles of life. And the same God that was God to us on the mountain is the same God that's God to us in the valley. Things may not have gone the way they wanted them to go all the time, but their purpose was being accomplished. They may not have liked what everybody else was doing all the time, but their purpose was being accomplished. Things may not have been what they expected all the time, but their purpose was being accomplished. I don't know if you know this or not, a loud amen will go a long way in a church service in eliminating your frustration. A smile and a hearty handshake will go a long way in eliminating your frustration. Child of God, open up that songbook and sing with all your heart will go a long way in eliminating your frustration. I don't know if you know this or not, but raising your hand or weeping with joy or getting happy in church, my friend, it's not going to kill you. It just may help eliminate the frustration in your life. Child of God, he's still worthy to be praised. Even though, even though what's going on in our life is not the way that we planned it. Because I'm glad I serve a God. His thoughts are above our thoughts. And His ways are above our ways. Not only preaching, not only participation, not only praising, but look at Ezra chapter 6, look at verse number 14. And I have no idea if I pronounce any of these names right today, I have no idea if I did that. I forgot to listen to Alexander Scorby to see if I was giving the correct pronunciation. Amen. But you don't know if I was saying it right either. Amen. So we're all on the same page. Amen. Look at Ezra chapter 6. Look at verse number 14. The Bible says, And the elders of the Jews builded, and... They prospered through the prophesying of Haggai the prophet, Zechariah the son of Idu. They built it and finished it according to the commandment of the God of Israel and according to the commandment of Cyrus and Darius and Artaxerxes, king of Persia. Well, preaching can help eliminate frustration. It's not time to sit out, not time to stay at home. It's time to come to the house of God with the Bible tucked in our arm and be in our place and let the preaching of the Word of God help get us through that frustration. Participation around the house of God, being connected to the house of God in service, that'll help you get through frustration. Praising God will help you get through frustration. Can I say, Brother Andrew, there's been a many a times on Saturday morning, on Saturday morning bus visitation or soul winning, there's been times where frustration was at an all-time high. But I knew inside me, 
And God had instilled inside of me to still go to soul winning on Saturday. And still go to visitation on Saturday. And I guarantee you two or three hours after knocking doors, giving people gospel tracts and telling them about Jesus, the frustration wasn't nearly what it was when the day started. Amen. You know why? Because I was fulfilling God's purpose for my life. And the same result to be the same in your life as well. Participation. Praising. And lastly, it says they prospered. Prospering will help eliminate frustration. No, I'm not talking about money symbols in your eyeballs. I'm not talking about your bank accounts getting bigger. I'm talking about every soul that you win to the Lord will help eliminate frustration. Every victory that God wins in your life will help eliminate frustration. You say, but that's the frustration so much in my life. I just don't see much victory. Can we be reminded for some of us to be at the house of God on a Wednesday night and say where we used to be and on a Wednesday night, that is victory in Jesus. Every person that we help encourage along the way That'll help eliminate frustration. And child of God, saved by the grace of God, going to heaven one day, escaping hell, the frustration you and I are going through doesn't even compare to the frustration that those without Christ go through in life. I don't see how in the world they can live in this world that we're living in without Jesus Christ. Every reward from God will help eliminate frustration. Every day in the faithful service of the Lord, will help eliminate frustration. The question tonight is not, will frustration come? Frustration's coming. The question is, what will we do when frustration does come? The biggest struggle for me, and I may have mentioned this already this week to an extent, but the biggest struggle for me after God saved me was not to quit hanging out with the friends that I used to hang out with before I got saved. I'd burned all those bridges anyway. I didn't have any friends. So the only thing I had to do was get a new set of friends at the house of God. The biggest struggle for me was not to uh, quit hanging out at those places I used to hang out and uh, doing the things I used to do. That wasn't the biggest struggle for me. The biggest struggle that I had in my life after salvation is I wanted 100% trust back with my parents and I wanted it overnight Brother Stevens that trust did not happen overnight matter of fact it didn't happen after a couple of months and I think I'd be safe to say that it didn't even happen after a couple of years where that 100% trust was back but I will tell you this not somebody that's arrived but somebody just has found the victory in living day by day just putting one foot in front of the other day in and day out, trying my best to go forward for God. Now, day in and day out, 22 years later, that trust is back with my mom and dad. And God's allowed me to be able to prosper in the Christian life and to get past that difficulty. Child of God, it's not time to sit down. It's not time to lie down. It's time to just keep on putting one foot in front of the other even though we go through frustrations. And in return, the Lord will revive us through those frustrations.